What's up, everybody? It's Pastor James. Welcome back to our midweek Bible study. Today, we are finishing up chapter 10 as Paul is continuing on in his desire uh, to lead the church of Corinth in a spiritual manner, and he warns them against idolatry. So we covered the first half of this verse last week, or this chapter last week, and uh, today we'll be finishing up the last half. So let's read verses 19 through 33 as we kind of jump right back into the middle of where Paul was last week when we were talking. So, verse 19. What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance? Or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What? Do you dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of the consideration of the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. All right. So if you remember our talk last week, Paul was focusing on the dangers that we as believers face in turning away from God. And that could be turning towards false idols. It could be turning towards worldly things. It could just be complaining against God. And uh, we talked mostly about the analogy that he used of the people of Israel wandering through the wilderness and how that was written down so that we as believers would not make the same mistakes as the Israelites did during the time of Moses. Now, the last section we read or read and talked about was verses 14 through 18 when Paul advises the church of Corinth to flee from worshiping idols. And he talked about sharing in the Lord's Supper and how it unites everyone. And it does. And you think about worshiping idols, it also unites people in sin, which is really da- it's a really dangerous thing. And as we pick up in verse 19 today, we are right in the middle of Paul still addressing the issue of idol worship. And that's pretty significant because this apparently seems to be a big issue with the people in Corinth. So Paul continues his explanation that idols are really nothing. He talked about this back in chapter 8 and he continues to promote his view that idols are handmade by man and they mean nothing. But when you offer sacrifices to idols, you are inevitably offering sacrifices to demons because they are luring you away from worshiping the one true God, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, okay, the God that we serve. Um, Anything that steers us away from our Father in heaven or our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is demonic whether we realize it or not. 
So it may be innocent. It may not necessarily be a sinful thing, but if that thing is used to lure us away, then Satan is in that, and we have to realize that. Now, Paul is delivering a harsh truth that sometimes we don't like to acknowledge. We cannot deviate from God in any way. And as soon as we deviate from our Heavenly Father, we immediately begin to move towards the demonic. And this is important for us to realize. And the reason why this is true is because Satan and his demons are anti-God. Therefore, we have to understand that anything that draws us from God in any way is demonic. Um, It has demonic forces behind it. And none of us are stronger than Satan and his forces. And and some people might be, li- you may be listening to this today, and you might say, okay, James, well, you're, I, I really feel like you're stretching, like you're reaching here. Like not everything is of the devil. And I heard someone say one time that, you know, the devil's not underneath every rock. He's probably just underneath every other rock. Because if he's under every rock and you go looking and you find him underneath every rock, you'll know to stop looking under rocks. But if he's under every other rock, then you have like a 50% chance of not running into him. And so, in a lot of ways, Satan disguises himself and limits himself in some things in order to deceive us and make us think that he's not in it. But what Paul is saying is, in this passage of Scripture, is that Satan is in this a lot more than we realize. And a lot of times we don't realize it, we don't we don't detect him, we can't see him in this until we have been gripped by this if we become accustomed to this and this is a new lifestyle and then once we have been lured so far away from god then we realize how much satan was in it later on because the consequences of these things always come down the road and you know like i said a while ago none of us are stronger than satan and his forces they are much stronger than we are they're much more cunning than we are um And we should not separate or deviate ourselves from Christ and expect to remain steadfast against Satan and his demonic forces. Because the further we move away from God and his son Jesus, the closer we move to Satan. It's inevitable. As soon as you step away from God in any facet or form, you automatically move closer to Satan. Whether we realize or acknowledge it, it's true. Not to mention that we serve a jealous God. And we should not be testing him by rousing his jealousy after we've accepted the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, we have to understand that we belong to him. We we share ourselves uh, with no one. He expects us to be completely devoted to him because he paid a high price for us. And to share ourselves with his enemy is a terrible betrayal of the gift of Jesus Christ. So... Just realizing that, that Paul is saying that that even though these idols are nothing, they're handmade, and the worship of the idols is technically meaningless, at the same time, there are demonic forces at play because they're causing people to wander and stray away from God, the one true God. Now, as we begin in verse 23, <clears throat> there are probably two ideologies that were that are taking place among the Corinthians during this time. Remember this church had been led by Paul previously, and they had been taught that idols were nothing. So to eat the sacrifices offered them would also be nothing. And that's pretty much the the stance that Paul was taking. But on the other hand, they probably also thought that if they continued participating in the Lord's Supper, 
then they would be safe in Christ even if they participated in some of the idol worship. And probably the big issue is is that it's not whether or not these people ate this food. A lot of times it was the circumstances and where they ate this food. So if they went to the temple and participated in the worship or observed the worship and ate the food there, that's a lot different than the food being brought out of the temple of the idol and being sold in the market. And uh, so, so Paul addresses some of that as we continue to read on, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, you know, there's just a couple. It, it's kind. Of, there's a lot more to it than just is it right or wrong. A lot of it is circumstances. A lot of it is heart, and a lot of it is okay. Who's around you? Who's watching you? Who's witnessing you do this? And Paul is basically saying that that. You're double dipping without realizing it. So, so you're trying to serve Christ, but you're also inevitably serving Satan if you're not careful in how you handle this situation. And perhaps these people had no intention in dabbling with demons, but allowing yourself to get involved in idol worship or consuming the food of idol worship willingly inherently caused them to share themselves with demonic worship. Uh, whether that was their intention or not. And, and this is why verse 24 says, don't just think about yourself. Don't think about what you are okay with or what you think is permissible, but think about the good of others as you are making your decisions in life, as you're living for Christ. You have to think about the good of others. You have to consider what others will think. Think about how others may be affected by your choices in how you are serving God or not serving Him. So verse 25 begins to clarify between freedom and responsibility to be careful with other people's consciences. It is wrong to eat of these sacrifices in the temples and during the rituals, but once the food is brought out to the market and sold, then it's no longer involved in the worship of false idols, and it's free from the demonic influence. And so Paul kind of, he kind of talks about that, and it's understanding that. And so if you can eat it as a believer and not violate your conscience, then that's fine. But we have a greater responsibility to others than we do ourselves. So if someone... Paul talks about this. If someone is a believer and they ask you to come to their home for dinner, you can accept it gladly and eat whatever is offered without worrying about violating your conscience or anyone else's conscience because you don't know where the food came from. However, if the person makes known where it comes from, you have a responsibility to abstain so that you can be a witness to them about what it means to serve God and put others before yourself. Now, as the old saying goes, ignorance is bliss. And this is basically where Paul falls on the issue. It's kind of implied that if the host tells you the food was offered to idols, then they either believe it's wrong or they believe it's wrong for you to eat it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said anything to you about it. So if they tell you about it, then you shouldn't eat it because you don't want to violate their conscience. Even though you're okay with it, you shouldn't violate their conscience. Now, Ignorance is bliss, but once knowledge is revealed, you are held to a higher calling to be a witness and an example to everyone around you in your choices and your service in Christ. So because you are not only responsible for your own conscience, you are also responsible for others' consciences 
in serving the Lord. And that's a big responsibility. And sometimes that seems unfair. But you have to look at it from the perspective of God is not trying to take anything away from you, but God is trying to give you the ability to to influence other people in the name of Christ. And that comes with a lot of blessings, not only earthly blessings, but eternal blessings. A lot more blessings than just being able to eat food with a good conscience. And so that's what you kind of have to remind yourself of in this. And so Paul asked this question, why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? And if I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? And the answer is you shouldn't. Like realistically, if the world was perfect, you shouldn't be. But people are complicated and ministering to people in the name of Jesus is even more complicated. And it's not that your freedom is limited. It's not that it's taken away. It's that your desire as a believer in Jesus Christ should be greater than your desire to have freedom. Like you, your desire to serve Christ should be stronger than your desire for freedom in Christ. Because it's not about what we can benefit from, it's about what we can give to Christ. And so, it's not about what we can get. It's about how we can give and how we can see others brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we do this so that others can be saved. Now, Paul finishes up this chapter saying that everything we do should be done to glorify God. And we shouldn't try to offend people. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't try to offend other people. It shouldn't be your goal to just, well, I'm just going to tell them what I think. Or I'm going to tell them the truth. And like you're, It should break your heart to have to speak to someone in a way that may hurt them. And you should do that with uh, with a lot of, of carefulness and thought so that you would never turn them away from Christ. And so everything that Paul does, <clears throat> um, he does it for the benefit of others. We, we, we should be making great strides in our life not to offend people. And in verse 33... Uh, it sums up once again the heart of Paul and his desire to be a minister not only to his church of Corinth, but to all people. And he talks about, you know, he tries to please everyone in everything that he does. He doesn't do what's best for himself. He does what is best for others because he wants as many people as possible to be saved. And ministry does not happen when we are putting ourselves first or our freedoms above others. And you have to think about that today. That if you want to see other people get saved, if you want to be a witness and minister to your family, your friends, your co-workers, your teammates, whoever it may be, you're going to have to be committed to giving yourself away to them. If you ever put yourself first, ministry is never going to happen. Ministry does not happen when we're being selfish. It only happens when we're giving ourselves away so that others may truly know and see that we have their best interest in mind. And in reality, the best thing in all of creation that we can give the people in this world, our loved ones, our friends, the people around us, the best thing in all of creation that we can give them is the hope and light of Jesus Christ saving their souls. But we can only give them that when we're giving ourselves away not when we're putting ourselves above them because they'll never know that we truly love them 
and have their best interests in mind. And this is the heart of Paul. I mean, this is this is why Paul was and probably still is the most successful missionary minister of the gospel to ever live. I mean, his ministry spanned tens of thousands of miles in a day and time where travel was not easy and safe. He did this over and over and over again. He put the needs and the benefit of others above himself so that as many people as possible could be saved. So I just want to ask you today, is that your heart? Is that where you're at? Well, let me pray with you. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day and this time we have together. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to call you Lord and Savior. And we pray that you would help us to not only put ourselves above, uh, to not put ourselves above others, to not put our freedoms above others, but God, to give ourselves away so that others can be saved, to give ourselves away so that others will always know you as their Lord and Savior and that you have their best interests in mind and that we can be a reason why they make that decision because they see it lived out in our lives. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for this time we have together. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another week. Uh, We're so glad you're a part of the Graham family. If you can't catch us this weekend in person, we'll always be on Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. Hope you have a great week.